you've got your license, you've got the job, and you're being paid to fly. Sounds like that's it, huh? Well, all until it's time to move on to the next phase and it all starts again. In this episode, I'll discuss the ways to progress your career, planning training upgrades, and how to prepare for the next big move, the airlines. I answer all this and more coming right up. So strap in and let's get into it. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 89 of the Flight Training Australia podcast. The podcast all about flight training and flying in Australia and beyond. I'm your host Trent Robinson, thank you for joining me. Well, over the weekend in Australia, we have experienced a sorrowful period during some uh, fatal accidents that have occurred nationwide yet again. One of these accidents involved the military MRH-90 Taipan helicopter during uh, the Operation Talisman Sabre. Just truly terribly uh, saddening uh, at this point in time with the crew yet to be found. And additionally, there's also heartbreak and uh, loss of life in Kabulcha where uh, it looks like a, a mid-air collision in the circuit. So my, my heartfelt thoughts go out to the families and friends affected by these incidents. As, as an instructor and as instructors, our, our primary focus is to prepare pilots, including ourselves, for unforeseen events, no matter how unlikely they may seem. And learning these tragedies you know, deeply saddens me. It, uh, it just serves as a powerful reminder of, for us all, I think, to just continue to strive to be the best we can, be as diligent as we can in maintaining our currency, our proficiency, our aircraft, our knowledge of the aircraft, the maintenance, um, and, and our flying skills. In more exciting news, I have started my type rating in the Grumman Mallard up here in uh, Darwin with Pespali Aviation. Just an amazing machine. Done one flight so far, um, possibly a couple more uh, by the time you listen to this, but it's um, what an amazing machine. If anyone knows me, my passion for older aeroplanes and uh, the ocean uh, is very strong. And just to bring these two together and fly such an iconic aircraft with an amazing team of people, uh, keeping these aeroplanes flying is just such a privilege and an honour. So I'll report more on that on the coming weeks when it's all done and dusted. All right, in today's episode, so your career planning is going well, but you're starting to feel a bit restless and, uh, you know, you've been looking across at that amazing aeroplane, whatever it is, just across the way, dreaming, wanting to fly, and it's time to start thinking about, all right, how do we move on to the next next thing? Starting to, you know, get a little bit uh, antsy. So, you might wonder when the right time is to make a change and how to go about it effectively. Now, just before I get on to that, something that I touched on previously but uh, kind of omitted from this series in the, the last episode or so is courses on offer like GA Ready courses. Do you need it? And the answer is, well, look, it depends. There's a number of schools offering GA Ready style courses. Some are excessive. Some are done because others are offering it without truly understanding what the point of it all is. Now, ideally, a well-constructed commercial syllabus 
ideally should train and prepare you for a job in GA. For reasons I've discussed in several episodes, sometimes instructors just have not had the opportunity to gain this experience and base their training they provide on the training they receive themselves. Now, I did this. However, my training was given to me by a senior instructor who participated in charter operations. And I too, as I have uh, said, had the opportunity to do charter operations as an instructor in, in conjunction with. So I was very fortunate, but those kind of opportunities are, are less and less these days. So uh, some operators will insist on you doing the course because they own or operate the companies you're applying for, in which case you don't really have a choice. Ultimately, though, there is a middle ground where some extra specially targeted training given ideally in the airspace you're seeking employment in, in an aircraft you are seeking to fly, such as a 200 series aircraft, can be of benefit and consider it like a job interview and a check flight. I'd say it possibly saved many from blowing a job opportunity and failing a check flight, just being unprepared, not really thinking about it. And as I've said before, unfortunately, flight schools don't really prepare you for this part of it, which is sad. Don't spend all that money to then go looking for a job and completely blow it and waste it, which is what is happening. Do your research on the courses and opportunities around you. Talk to those who have already completed it and see what they got out of it and then make your decisions based on that. But if you're being pressured into it or promised a job if you do it, I'd, I'd really look into that and it's probably more of a revenue-raising exercise and best left alone. My point of view, I would never promise someone a job after they did something unless they were a known entity and I knew how they flew already. It's it's a big, big thing to say, I'll give you a job if you do this, not having any idea who you are or how well you can fly an aeroplane. You may not be suited to the operation, so always be wary. All right, so when planning your career progression, there are several options available. And the most obvious choice is to seek employment in the first place in a company that offers potential for career advancement. So some operators provide opportunities to fly both single, multi-engine aircraft and, and possibly even turbine options, which of course is highly desirable for everyone. This benefits not only you in your career progression, but also helps the company retain pilots. A significant concern in the current aviation landscape, 100%. However, moving up within the company depends on their needs and this can sometimes be frustrating as you might be ready for advancement or at least feel you are while the company has sufficient pilots at the top end and not top end Darwin but just at the top end of the company and you, uh, you know, you're going to get frustrated. So patience becomes crucial in such situations. In the past, pre-COVID, it was common for pilots to wait their turn and spend more time in general aviation with several thousand hours before they moved on. All right. Similarly, in airlines, being a first officer for 10 years was not uncommon. Therefore, it's essential to access or assess rather the, the market conditions and available options, you know, what's around in your area when planning a career. If there's no advancement options within your current company, well, conducting thorough research then becomes essential. Consider the jobs you're qualified for based on your flight hours, their locations, whether they have contracts coming up or expiring. You, know, you need to be flexible. Are you willing to move for work? What about your family or your partner's situation? 
lots to think about. When seeking opportunities, you've got to focus on how you can benefit the employer rather than solely be relying on your own aspirations. Remember, it's not about you. You need to sell yourself in how you can be different to everybody else and how you can benefit the company. Paying for an endorsement or a design feature, something like gas turbine, could make you more appealing. But often, once you've gained some experience, organisations are usually willing to sponsor your upgrade themselves to standardise training and expedite your transition to line flying. Bonding agreements can also be an option, as I talked about in the last episode, but it is vital to understand the terms and conditions and consider the implications before committing. Some pilots opt to just pay for it themselves. That way they don't feel constrained and tied to anybody and uh, not going to be letting anyone down and they can come and go as they please. Upskilling is another crucial aspect uh, to be ready to seize opportunities. So having enough flight hours, multi-engine class ratings, multi-engine hours and an instrument rating are often prerequisites for career progression. Different airlines, different charter companies are going to have varying requirements, but many will train and operate with commercial license and have graduates for multi-crew cooperation courses and instrument rating. Line training then follows the initial training, but this is essential to develop the necessary skills before being checked to line to operate flights. And this period and this method of line training can vary uh, significantly between operators depending on the complexity of the operation and the need for adequate exposure and learning opportunities, including things like dry season flying and wet season flying, for example. Unfortunately, again, the way line training is conducted can vary greatly and depends on who is actually conducting it. At the moment, pilots are spending less and less time with charter companies being moved into these senior pilot roles, and I am not saying that they don't know what they're doing, but nothing beats experience. And, and obviously, if you get the opportunity to fly with someone like that, then grab it with both hands. If the line training is adequate, it can be going for 10 hours to 50 to 100 hours for some operations. This is all to do with ensuring that you have been exposed to as many variations in the operation emergency procedures, considerations and locations of flying and weather, like I said. Anything you can get your hands on to develop yourself that way will also be of great benefit. On a related note to that, moving into the airline side of things, some first officers may face challenges in getting promoted to command positions due to not completing their subjects. So FOs are being overlooked at the moment and potentially junior FOs are jumping over the top of them because they've got their ATPL subjects done. Now, I get it, all right? Why would you want to sit in a room, go studying when you could go flying, you could go out fishing, you could go camping, hanging out with everybody, even doing the dishes sometimes is more appealing than sitting down and studying. But if this is your career path, then... It's crucial to focus and complete them within the allotted time frame, being two years. For more information on that, I'm, I'm not going to go into it all now, but um, stay tuned, as I've said, for an upcoming episode with uh, Nathan Higgins. I'm going to be interviewing him soon from Advanced Flight Theory later in August where we're going to go into the whole thing and keep an eye out for Instagram stories where I will prompt you for questions. 
All right, guys. So, look, there's a few tips there um, in getting through to it all. Ultimately, it does take some planning and really thinking about how you want to go about things and, and where you want to go, what type of flying you love, what sort of flying you want to do. And operations can also offer that style of flying, night hours, things like that, that are going to help you move on to your end goal, whatever that might be. It's obviously incredibly vast and varied. So think about it. And uh, as many of you do, you post your questions on online forums and the like, and this is quite helpful uh, to get some experience and access networking, things like that, uh, access information and, and stories and feedback from others that have uh, potentially gone down a similar path to yourself. All right, guys, that's it for this week. I'm back into the books and going to do uh, what I'm telling everyone else to do, and that's be prepared and study. All right, if you've got any questions at all on uh, anything I've discussed, future topic ideas, or just want to say good day, you can reach me on email, info at trentrobinsonaviation.com.au. You can flick me a message on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of those uh, forums, and uh, I will get back to you as soon as humanly possible. All right, and as always, you can also support me further by joining me on Patreon. I've had uh, quite a few of you sign up recently. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Patreon is a monthly membership uh, contribution. It's going to help keep the show going where it is. There's three tiers of membership, um, exclusive content, early access, uh, sometimes when I get around to that. And again, that is all going to improve. But everything there goes towards putting together the podcast and uh, some YouTube projects that I am slowly working on. Once I get this uh, line training out of the way, I'll be getting back to that. And I've got some really great things that I'm going to be bringing out very, very soon. So thank you to everyone that subscribed to uh, the YouTube channel where there's not much happening, but it will. So uh, bear with me. Um, We'll get there. All right, guys, have a fantastic week. Please stay safe. Blue skies. And remember the golden rule. Aviate, navigate, communicate. Cheers. Cheers.